Hello, you're listening to Thought Starters, a podcast on the business of creativity recorded at the pod at White City Place. For what seems like forever, we've been told that we live in a consumer society. We are defined by how we spend. It is our most important expression of ourselves, our aspirations, and our politics. And while it's still a powerful concept, some have argued that we're sliding into a new era, a citizen society. Instead of simply a choice whether to purchase or not, we're feeling a greater power to influence through participation. And more and more, we expect the brands we engage to reflect our values and not just to sell to us. Without further ado, let's meet our conversationalists. I'm Robert Jones, a strategist at Wolf Olins and Professor of Brand Leadership at the University of East Anglia. I'm John Alexander. Uh, I'm co-founder and director of the New Citizenship Project. Robert is head of new thinking at Wolf Olins, helping the agency and its clients push their boundaries. In 25 years, he's advised more than 50 organizations across many sectors and is the author of The Big Idea and Branding, A Very Short Introduction, which was published last year. Robert is also a professor at the University of East Anglia, where he teaches the world's first postgraduate course in brand leadership. A former advertising executive, John co-founded the UK-based innovation consultancy, The New Citizen Project, as a way to employ the skills of the creative industries in awakening a sense of agency in consumers. Part think tank, part consultancy, and still in its early years, NCP has worked with organizations ranging from The Guardian to the Co-op Group to the National Trust. John lives in London, has gathered three master's degrees, and represented Great Britain in two different sports. So, uh, John, we, we, your background is in advertising originally, mine is in branding still, and both of those worlds revolve around, or have revolved around, the consumer. Um, and we always imagine we know what, what's meant by consumer. And, and, and economists, I think, have always imagined the consumer as this sort of rational being who's making, and also kind of passive, making very rational choices, but, but very much consuming stuff. Um, and rather than making sort of on receive stuff. of what other people are doing, indeed. So um, there's a contrast between consumers on the one side and producers on the other side in the yeah. two different worlds. Do you, do you think that construct still makes sense? Uh, no, I don't think it still makes sense. Uh, but I think it's. I think before you sort of mess around with it too much or or, or, or dig too deeply into it, you, it's quite important. From to my to my mind to think about what actually it is, what that what that what that word is, and what it's doing, and mm. and there's something I've I've kind of I think I think we tend to use the word too lightly, and think of and actually think of words in general as as fairly dispensable things. When when I think they I think certain words and, and the consumer I believe is one of them carry an awful lot with them and actually become. One of the one of the ways I think about this is they're almost like the scaffolding on which we build our thoughts and our values and attitudes. And actually, and and the consumer is one of those that that carries so much, but we mm. use so lightly. Mm. Mm. Um, and to my mind, like I, I, you, you were just contrasting it, and I think that that's to me, there's something that's in sort of being talked about more at the moment: the consumer versus producer. And I, I, I sort of I think there's I think we have to hold it in contrast to some slightly bigger ideas, even than that. Like for me, there's a there's a thing about what is it to be 
what what are we saying when we think of people when we talk about ourselves and other people as consumers versus when we when we think of ourselves as as citizens versus when we think of ourselves as 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 subjects as kind of and and I think the reason why I say that like you're saying that the, the economist view the the idea of kind of homo homo economicus the mm. kind of the rational chooser that and that and that and the idea that the consumer is passive I think the consumer is a lot less passive than maybe what came before which I would argue is something like the subject people who an idea and to me the subject is an idea of people as as sort of as passive recipients as people who get done to as people mm. who don't have a great deal of agency in the world and and from and, and I would argue that was the sort of big idea of who we who we are at the end of the 19th century beginning of the 20th but 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 the consumer has kind of come through actually and originally came through actually as a kind of liberating shift and 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 a move that went actually we do have some agency we have the agency to choose between things we have freedom mm. of choice we have the right to complain we can and choice is an active thing to an extent mm. um and so i think so i guess those two things i would say that that the, the idea of the consumer actually is not just being completely passive actually having having the agency of choice but maybe more importantly behind that this thing of like the consumer as a not just as a word we can use lightly but almost as a kind of morality yes. as an idea of what's right to do yes well we talk of a consumer society don't yeah. we so it's sort of the the air we breathe almost is the is the is the idea of consumer and consumption but you would say your thought which is really interesting is that 100 years ago 150 years ago that wasn't the dominant yeah. mode but people more felt like subjects almost like subjects of a king or queen or kind yeah, of yeah or uh, so it's uh, an idea i think i think maybe the best way to think about it is like as subjects is more in that in the frame of that morality so as subjects it's like the right thing to do was to keep your head down do as you're told get what you're given kind of accept your station in life and do your mm. duty and mm. and 100 150 years ago that was kind of mm. like you think about as as so one of the ways we talk i've talked i thought about this is like we tend to think that we're parents and sub and, and consumers and voters and shareholders and employers and employees and all these different roles and and that we step between them but actually i think I think I think of word of ideas like subject and consumer and citizen actually as stepping above those and and providing a kind of moral logic that informs how we do all of them. Okay, so it's a moral logic. There's a story that goes from subject yep. to consumer yep. to citizen. I think potentially, so yeah. I think I think that's where we are right now. Right. Okay. So we'll and let's talk about the citizen thing in a moment because yeah. I think that's 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 really interesting. But just finish off dealing with the consumer for a, yeah, yeah. For a moment because you know. Frankly, most of the time, we still do live in a consumer society. Yeah. We are consumers. We've, I've just been into Tesco and bought some water. That was an act yeah. of consumption. I'm yeah. now consuming that water. So we are still consumers. But I think you're right that, that this notion that consumers are passive has never really been true, has it? it is an act, it's, it's an active thing, being a consumer. It is. Uh, it's active, but within, but within frame. Mm. So you're your action is limited to the choice you make between the things that someone else has has mm. created mm. i think mm. that's the that so so while i say there's there is some agency in it and i'm i i, I think contrasting consumer with subject is helpful to say actually there was there's a there's a there's agency in it and there's positivity in it and mm. i sometimes like the idea that and there's a there is and the morality in it is about an idea that actually if we if we we can sort of we can solve the world's problems by buying stuff, by yeah. by doing that. Yeah, 
Um, In a way, this idea of the consumer as relatively passive has been, maybe it's been constructed by actually the advertising industry. It's convenient mm. for advertisers to think of consumers as the objects of what they're doing. And uh, <clears throat> David Ogilvy, that, yeah. that advertising guru famously, I think it was him, said, uh, the consumer is not stupid, she is your wife. Yeah, which it, that, you know captures how advertising people in the 1950s and 1960s <laughs> saw There's an awful saw lot this. in that, um, and even now, you know, we get we, we we're constantly being shown bits of what what are called consumer insight. Yeah, which is kind of research that may or may not really be an insight about what it is that's likely to trigger purchasing yeah. behaviour among these sort of robotically conceived yeah. consumers. And, and in branding, as opposed to advertising, that's always felt a bit false because brands are not just designed for customers. They're designed for the employees and for investors yep. and for other people as yep. well. So this distinction between people as consumers and people as producers or employees never kind of quite works in branding because a brand has got to work. In fact, in my experience, most of the work we do in Wolf Owners is a- aimed even more at employees than it is at customers. So that kind of because sharp- if people, those people have to shape and be the, that brand. Yeah, but if you're a service business, which most of our clients, I guess, are, then the service depends entirely on how the staff, how the employees behave. So a huge amount of effort goes into brand building inside the organisation. So that that distinction kind of evaporates. Um, and also, although advertising people might have thought of consumers as passive, consumers mm. haven't. And since, at least since the 60s, we've had, we've had active militant consumers yep. and the French call them consommateurs, people who are kind of constantly yep. looking for the best bargain. Mm. So all those kinds of things make it more complicated, I think. I agree completely. I mean, I think there's, uh, it's the idea that at any stage in in the world we we were kind of we were entirely on receive and we were we were we were robotic is is misleading but there is a there is a sense in which the the ideas in that word so what i think um the ideas in that word are very powerful and do and do influence how we act and think but maybe not in the way that we that we can sort of simplistically reduce to they ju- we just people are simply choosers people mm-hmm. are simply rational choice maximizers maybe maybe there's actually a, I th- I think there's a sort of deeper thing going on which which is in the consume in the idea of the consumer which is an idea that says like that says the right thing to do is is actually to get the best deal for yourself to look mm-hmm. out for number one mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, and I think that has probably come into. I think the way that has shaped research and the sort of the insight, consumer insight that you were talking, that you were mentioning, is 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 almost is much more pervasive because it's not just because that has shaped it by going. I remember working in advertising, and, and the question you were always asked. I was a planner, strategist as well, and the question you were always you were always sort of try, supposed to be asking on the brief is what What's the consumer need? What does the What does the What and the 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 instant the sort of implicit framing of that is what does the individual mm. what's mm. the individual want to mm. need the, pe- the people are sort of understandable primarily as totally independent beings from mm. one another and mm. all of the need all of the needs and wants are kind of internal to be tapped into and mm. and, the, and that person if you can frame something as the best choice for them mm. then then that's sort of right somehow that's the right thing to do so the consumer mindset goes with individualism i think so to Um, a large extent yeah and in a funny way actually maybe 
those organisations that try to build a brand inside the inside the organisation are actually treating their employees as consumers almost. of the organisation. Um, yeah. And if you think about the gig economy, then an Uber driver, although in economic terms is a producer, actually feels like a consumer. They've they've chosen to buy into the Uber platform. And and in some ways, those those platforms sort of create turn us into consumers of one another rather than. Oh participants alongside one another as well i think how do we consume one another well i i, I guess the this sort of take the, the 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 great promise of the sharing economy in a way the collaborative economy was that it, it, it the peer-to-peer economy was part of the language right it's yeah. like that it puts us side by side and lets us um lets us be on a level with one another and working together and, do, and sort of involved in some sort of collaborative yeah. effort but the the nuts and bolts of it seem often to actually rather than kind of um collab turning transactions into collaborations they've sort of turned human relation into one-to-one human relationships into transactions mm, mm. so we, we like i going and staying with someone is it's sort of a bit of offering someone to stay in your house now it feels a bit silly because it's a loss of income that you could have had if you were airbnb <laughs> or like yeah. I, i'm i'm playing to an, to an mm. extreme but that i think one of the things i'm really interested in is the, is the idea that where we might be right now is actually the logic of the consumer has kind of outlived its sell-by date. Mm. And I think that's something that both you and uh, an idea that mm. both you and I share, mm. but maybe coming from, from different, different places. Reasons, yeah, yeah. But, but, but is still the dominant idea yeah. and yeah. is still informing an awful lot of a lot, an awful lot of how we live and how we interact with its logic, yes. even though we kind of know it's broken. Yes, yes. Um, so what? So then, <clears throat> so the thing that is the next stage, subject, mm. then, then, then consumer, consumer. then c- citizen. What? Because citizen, in a way, sounds like quite an old-fashioned word. What? what what's? What's, yeah. what's that? What's that all about? I mean, I guess. So in my mind, so if you say subject, end of the nineteenth century, beginning of the twentieth, like right thing to do, keep your head down, do as you're told. Out of the two world wars, second half of the 20th century, consumer, right thing to do, look out for number one, get the best deal for yourself. If everyone does that, the best society results. Mm. Citizen is kind of, um, is is the right thing to do is to get involved, to shape the context of your life, to be an active participant, mm. um, to shape what the choices are, not just make the choice. To, And if everyone does that, then the best society results. And I guess, like, if you think about the what we're saying about the liberating thing, like, subjects very little agency of any sort, very passive. Mm. Consumer kind of active to the extent of choosing between stuff. Mm. Active to the, morally enabled to the extent of like knowing what's best for me as an individual rather than disappearing into the mass who just have mm. to do their duty. Mm. But con- citizen is like uh, active in the sense of, of shaping and, and creating and co-creating and, and, uh, and, and, and morally enabled in, in the sense of I think of it as like not just able to choose what's best for me, but actually able to play a role in figuring out what's best for society as a whole and wanting mm. to play that role. Mm, mm. And that's what I think that's why the language of citizen is helpful. And maybe it's maybe it is a very old idea and probably goes back to uh, uh, to sort of ancient Greece and, and, mm. and those conceptions. And, mm. and but but. But is also where everyone had a vote in everything. Well, and more than a vote is the interesting thing. So it wasn't just it wasn't just 
lots of voting. It was citizens' juries and it mm. was uh, sortition-based uh, deliberative democracy on a kind of constant basis. What's sortition-based? Sortition, so sortition means um, by lot. So uh-huh. um, so it's it's a way of creating representative groups from within a from within a large okay. a large base. Okay. Um, it's how the, the Irish Citizens Assembly recently that that framed the the Irish referendum on the repeal of the abortion right. act was. Was, was convened and developed. Okay. So in some thing. ways, this is an old model being rediscovered, but in other ways, it's, it's an entirely new model. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's right. In some ways, it's, um, it's, it, there, are some, there are some deeply buried ideas, maybe ideas that are actually very deep in human nature, is what I would argue, mm. that, that this is who we are. We are mm. collaborators and empathic mm. creatures. And, you know, mm. I mean, mm. love your take on all the stories that have been told about that and the academic work, but... But in some ways it is new and it's technology driven as well. And the, and the, the idea that we're not prepared just to sort of let other people design stuff and us choose. But, yes. but I don't know how that, how that relates, I guess. So if, that, if that's my kind of conception, so I'm going subject consumer citizen, like, and I, I see it as, a, as an opportunity to step into a world where we're kind of, where actually we're, we are we are active participants in every aspect of life and and there's much more we can do like how do you how do you see that from a kind of do, do you do you see that shift or do you like you were talking about consumer versus producer? yeah i mean I, and i think like all these things there's it's 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 not a black and white change mm. is it and there's there's there, there's shades of gray and you can talk about um if you talk about ikea we're, we're consumers in ikea we go around and buy the stuff but then when we assemble it we start to become mm-hmm. Producers. Have you seen the thing about the IKEA effect? The IKEA effect, the IKEA effect I think, is the psychological thing that means that people like things simply because they've assembled them. Yeah. Uh, which is fantastic. So that's a kind of very minimal example of it. Um, but I think the whole the thing that's called the maker movement, so the yeah. revival of interesting craft and the and the popularity of Etsy as a way that you can make stuff and then sell yeah. it to people, is another transition from consumer into producer and then i think the you know the 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 smartphone culture the social media culture that we've had for the last 10 years has made people almost minute by minute that we're constructing something socially Mm. through our tweets or our posts or whatever it might be and that i'm sure has had that that is really different from what we used to do before that i'm sure has had an effect on our mindset um and you know for all of the failings of Facebook uh, I, I think in lots of ways it's a positive change the thing now most recently that I think is really interesting from research we've done at Wolf Phone is talking to ordinary people so actually through a research platform called citizen me interestingly <laughs> so there's your there's your word um, says that people want uh, uh, fairly radical social change. Mm. Um, they think that they, um, in s- small groups, are the people who are going to do it, not NGOs or yeah, governments yeah. or anybody like that. And they want businesses to be the organisations that give them the power and the means to do that. Um, and we've just we've just done another round of research, which we'll publish in a couple of months, which amplifies that. And, and it's almost a kind of... Businesses ma- as opposed to NGOs or government. Businesses in particular are seen um, as um, the things that can most help ordinary people collectively create change in the world and if that research is true um, then it it kind of suggests that ordinary people are ahead of um, businesses uh, and and governments in thinking about this kind of collective approach to change really 
You're listening to Thought Starters, recorded at White City Place. In conversation today are Robert Jones, head of new thinking at Wolf Olins, and John Alexander, co-founder of innovation consultancy, The New Citizen Project. So, so in, in business, I get really excited about um, maybe two things, like the idea of, I think that, that at a big level, a kind of macro level, the idea of the role of business in society changing. Mm. Like, I think you could argue, so Milton Friedman's thing, like the responsibility of businesses to maximize its profits, that's a consumer logic. Mm. That's a logic that says the right thing to do is to get what you need mm. and the rest will look after itself. Mm. That'll add up to good. Yeah. And, and, and that was... Uh, but now you have things like the B Corporation movement. You have you have um, IKEA and and Danone and and Unilever and so forth. And all of these organisations are telling a story of business that is actually no business as our citizens in society. We need yes. to be supporting the societies that we're part of in order to be supported by them. And tax is actually a really good test case of this, isn't it? Because tax, tax because. Um, Ingvar Kamprad, the founder of IKEA, always used to say that tax is a cost <laughs> on a business and therefore it's the duty of a business to minimise it. And that's still the dominant wow. view. Yeah, yeah. But of course, if you see the world through the citizen lens rather than the consumer lens, then tax is an investment. Yep that you should be making as a business in the context that will make the business successful in the future. Exactly. So, An investment in the infrastructure on which you depend. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, rebranding tax would be one of the one of the projects I'd love to go at. Rebranding tax and well, rebranding Well, let's do, let's debt. do that. <laughs> on it. Game on. Project born. But... Um, yeah, as, as, as investment. So, so that's and so business. I think and I think the B Corporation movement in particular, a lovely example of, of the idea of citizenship, also within the business. So, what world. is it? Just a B Corporation. That's a, a, Sorry, new, a new um, buzzword. So, B Corporation is a, a a certificate, voluntary certification scheme, originally born in the US, out of a legal structure called the Benefit Corporation, uh-huh. which uh, where a business. Uh, it articulates a purpose that it exists to, to serve in society, a social or environmental purpose that it holds higher than profit. Still a profit-making entity, but profit in order to fulfil purpose rather than vice versa. Mm. And the, the, the certification movement, the, the voluntary certification that's, that's grown up around it, the B Corporation thing, is, is basically a way of lightening that, uh, taking it out of a legal structure and saying yeah. actually any business can that wants to can take this kind of this survey, this this sort of uh, impact assessment, and yeah. and and be part of that. We're we're one of the founding B corporations in the UK. Um, and Innocent Drinks has just become a B corporation. Yeah, that's it? right. And, and, and Danone and actually is the first is looking to become the first multinational to be yeah. a, to be a B corporation. So it's spreading. It's quite an interesting new model, and mm. and one that certainly in Wolf Island for us makes a huge amount of sense because we're, we're a child of the 1960s not well, the consumer 1960s but the kind <laughs> the of the hippie 1960s, hippie 1960s. Um, and we've always felt that the best way for a company to make um, money is to do something good for yeah. people and society that the two things are not yeah, opposed absolutely. they are it's a it's it, it should be a virtuous circle and um, and actually there isn't really a difference between business and charity they're both of them are things that do something in the world and make a, a profit or a surplus, which ideally is then reinvested in doing in doing more of it. Um, so I think all of that, it would be, if that becomes a dominant mode, and there are signs of mm. it becoming mainstream anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense, I think. 
Yeah, there's a lovely thought uh, thought experiment. Like, if everything is a social enterprise, like whether it's the National Trust is not really a charity. It's a it's a social business. Uh, yes. and and Danone is a not social really business. A business. It's a social <laughs> business. So, yeah. Yeah. like, what? That's that. I love the, Like, I like that. I love the idea that in a in if we can. So, I think important again. Reiterate. Like, we're not in a citizen society yet, mm. and we might not get there. I mm. think. That, like, I believe that this moment we live in is a really crucial and both exciting and scary one yeah. because the consumer society is patently broken. Yeah, and yet. We still live in it, and we haven't yet created the structures yeah. and processes that yeah. that really not can not least because if we carry on consuming at the current rate, we use up all the resources. Yeah, and, and that's I mean, there's a very material and very yeah. obvious thing coming, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but to your to your question, like uh, if business, I think is one really exciting thing, and we and I think that's probably the focus of this conversation. That's where our interests most overlap. But I also think. In, in the way local communities are operating, that I get excited about examples of the citizenship, citizen logic there as well. So, mm. And for me there, it's about like not just waiting for people to sort it out for you, but organising together, self-organising. There's things like, things like the local currency movement, mm. um, for something like 4,000 complementary currencies in circulation around the world now. Mm. Um, the, the, this is the, the Brixton pound. Is it this Brixton kind of pound's thing? a lovely right. example. Yeah. I mean, the mayor of Bristol until and, until recently was paid in Bristol pounds. <laughs> that, that, there's uh, the, there's the, one of the most interesting ones. There's taught uh, one of the most con, like controversial ones at the moment is um, uh, uh, Maduro Maduro in uh, Venezuela mm. saying that he's going to um, prop up the Venezuelan state effectively with a with a power, with a complementary. Ven- cryptocurrency, mm. place-based cryptocurrency, mm. and the Palestine. There's there's talk that in Palestine there might be a a, a Palestinian mm. complementary currency mm. would sort of digitally backed. So we could be living through a period of change that of a scale or a profundity that we've not seen for. 60, 70, 80 years. Yeah. yeah, I think those are the numbers. I think you are looking back to the two world wars. Yeah, and I because I wonder sometimes whether the the consumer mindset and also the shareholder value way of thinking about a business is just a blip in mm. the history of the world, really. And you talked about how things were done in ancient yeah. Greece. And, you know, we're surrounded in Britain and America by this very individualist Anglo-Saxon model of business and transactions. But I'm not sure that that's universal. I'm really fascinated by if you go to Sweden... Mm. I'm told the Swedish word for business is näringslivet. It's probably not pronounced like that, but anyway, näringslivet, <laughs> which means or näringsliv, which means nourishment for life. For business. Yeah. Hmm. So that is the role of a business is to nourish life. Now it's a very different conception of the 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 English language business, which is just a thing that's busy. <laughs> um, so um, and company, the French originally French yeah, word yeah, yeah. means people who eat together eat bread together well the literal translation of competition is to seek something together isn't it it's like there you go so so some of the things that are so seem so natural and inevitable about the consumer Mm. era and the the shareholder value era may just be transient really i think that's i think i think that's true and like and one of my on that, like, um, I saw something Richard Dawkins had said that if he if he were to publish the selfish gene today, he'd he, uh, the same he would have written the same book, but he'd have called it the cooperative gene because that's what he really meant. Which right. is a fascinating kind of right. inversion, and like uh, the, the the that idea that we are 
somehow we grew up we sort of created this logic that we are all kind of selfish and pushing and that's mm. that's who humans are when actually maybe it's not so but i think i guess what i wouldn't want to do is is sort of dismiss the consu- the idea of the consumer as a as an aberration or as a, like so if you go uh, one of my favorite um uh an old friend of mine um who was who's taught me at university a, a guy called paul cartledge wrote has re- written a book in the last year or so called uh Democra- the biography of democracy, 5,000 5, years or something, biography mm. of democracy. Mm. And his thing, and he's he sort of has this, so he writes about, he's a specialist in Athens and ancient Greece, mm. and he writes about how democracy worked there. But then he also, he observes that like, the the idea of the oligopoly, the the, the oligarchs who, who followed and, and the idea of kings and that came through after, then stuck around for a very, very long time. And, mm. then, and then it was... And we only then had the sort of the bubblings of, of and the ideas of of democracy in the in the. I live in I live in Putney in southwest London, where uh, which is where the church, where the Putney debates in the 1600s oh, yes, were, yes, where yes. the idea of universal well universal male suffrage again we should be aware of mm. was first proposed, and and so, and I guess that the. the I, I sometimes I maybe I prefer to think of the the sort of consumer. Because it was a liberating shift, right? Mm. Like, it, it was born out of a time when, when we, when suddenly we, we, we could, people could be informed on a mass basis mm. about how the world worked, mm. and, and, and voting mm. became a, a, a wide ranging thing, mm. and it was an incredibly powerful, mm. incredible increase in power. Mm. But it was a power that was rooted in the notion of choice, mm. and, and I, so I guess I prefer to think of it less as a kind of an aberration and we go back to what was before than as mm. a sort of stepping stone from which we can go on to the next one now. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I rambled around that. That'll probably get edited out. <laughs> so, if we think of this sequence subject to consumer to citizen, what does that mean for each of us? What should we be kind of thinking about and doing and choosing and not choosing? Yeah. I... Do you know, like, I, I sometimes, I, I think it's, I think there is an individual thing in this, um, and it's about and one of the ways I love to, I, I like to think about this is like what we've, be, what we are today is probably consumers who vote. Like, mm. we're, we're the identity construct we inhabit, consciously or otherwise, is we're consumers, and we, and we occasionally like do bring that to bear on the on the activator mm. what we might be as citizens who consume mm. and 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 so so the consumption is reduced to an act and we are and i and so i guess it's i guess what we what i think we are doing and what we should do more of is 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 be more conscious about the consumption the act of consumption we we make yes but much more importantly kind of um get involved like like be involved and in, get into these local community things get in, but then that starts to feel very worthy and heavy, and I and I and I. So I guess what I'm what I'm more excited by is 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 actually maybe the question is more of institutions than it is of people. Mm-hmm. Like, what should institutions and companies and government be doing? Mm-hmm. Because I think really we are. My my logic would be we are citizens, and we kind of we we want to express that. Mm-hmm. But the structures we live in tell us not to. 
That was Robert Jones, head of new thinking at Wolf Olins, and John Alexander, co-founder of innovation consultancy, The New Citizenship Project. This has been Thought Starters, recorded at the pod at White City Place. Thought Starters is a Deanna Co. project for White City Place, produced by David Michon, recorded by Sean Crook, and edited by Claire Urban. To find out how you can record your own podcast at White City Place, find us at whitecityplace.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at White City Place. And subscribe to Thought Starters on iTunes, Acast, and Stitcher. Give us a rating and write us a comment. It really helps. We'll see you next time.